Well, there's a lot of sobriety in the room tonight, amen? That was phenomenal to hear all of you that are celebrating victories and so excited for that. It's such, a, such an awesome thing to get victory and to, to put that old life behind you, amen? So let's pray for everybody in the house tonight. Lord, we thank you for those who have claimed victory over addiction, Lord, that have claimed victory over Satan, Lord. Thank you for bringing them here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for them being in our lives. And Lord, we just pray for many, many more years. And those who are struggling, Lord, we pray even for a single day for them. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so yesterday I left church and wanted to go home and watch the football game, like I think like many of you did. And... Uh, um, <laughs> and so I was out, Michelle and I were, out, were kind of cleaning up our yard, so I was out back cleaning up the yard, and I found a bottle, an old bottle, and I started to clean it up, and guess what happened? A genie popped out. <laughs> a genie. The genie popped out and said, I'm going to grant you two wishes, that only one will come true. So I thought about it, and I thought about it, and... I thought about my football friends, and you know, I thought about my, I thought about my other friends, and so my two wishes were a that the uh, 49ers would win the football game. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. And number two that I would win the collard greens cook-off. So, but since only one dream was to come true, I guess the right one came true. Amen. All right. The Bengals won. So, I've, I, we're we're continuing the book of Romans eight uh, chapter. We're we'll picking up in chapter uh, ver, chapter eight verse eighteen. I'm in actually the NLT tonight, and I've titled the message tonight, uh, "Play Now, Pay Later." Has anybody ever had that in, had that kind of mindset? Right. I'm going to stay twenty forever. I'm going to stay young forever. I can always get it back later, right? Spend it now. Credit cards depend on that. So recently I combined, because I had some medical expenses a couple years ago, so I combined some medical expenses all onto one credit card so that we just had one credit card to pay on. And you know, just, you know, psychologically, you know, it's better than like nine little credit cards. I just got one. It's got a bigger balance, but I just got one. And the, and, and the goal was just to pay like $1,000 a month on this credit card so that you can get it paid off quickly. And so, you know, Michelle and I discussed that, and we decided we would put it on this credit card, and we would pay as much every month as we could on the credit card. But then I get this text from Discover. Do you know you're paying more than the minimum payment? Yeah. Yeah. But then I looked at the little thing, and I clicked, and it sucked me in, and I followed it. They said, do you know that you only have to pay $89.95 a month or whatever? It was like in that ballpark. And you will have this card paid off in 33 years. <laughs> I was like, dang. 
Can you believe that? Let me see. Ten months of a little bit of an ouch or 33 years. Can you imagine that? But that's kind of the, what I'm getting at. Sometimes we choose to play now and we'll worry about the consequences later. There's plenty of time to turn this ship around. There's plenty of time to make better choices. Next time I get into jail, maybe I'll go into a program, you know? That's, we do that all the time. You know, I, I had two excellent jobs, you know, that had great benefits, great retirement. Uh, Michelle had a pretty darn good job as well. So... Had we just stayed that course, and had we left the money that our employer was putting into our retirement, you know, gosh, in just a few years, we could be sitting down going, man, we're going to get all this extra money every month. You know, then eventually when we get old enough, we'll get Social Security, and, you know, it, it paints a good picture. But we chose, or excuse me, a little bit her, but mainly me chose that it was more important that that retirement go up my arm. You know, it was more important to invest in heroin stock. You know, you know what I mean? Because there's always time to earn that money later and regain my position with that retirement account. Well, next door they're doing the, the class uh, the uh, financial peace course, and I talked to the gentleman that's doing it, and he actually has my current retirement account. And so I'm asking him, what is the max I can put into my retirement? And, you know, he asked me a couple questions, and he said, well, this is the max you can put in re your retirement. And so I'm doing a little bit of simple math in my head, and I'm like, all right, so I can retire comfortably when I'm 97. <laughs> right? So what is the likelihood of me living to 97? I mean, there's, so you say there's a chance, right? So, yeah, there is, there is a chance that I can live to be that age. But more than likely, not. More than likely, I'm going to fall short of that goal. And more than likely, I'm just going to have to choose to work till one Monday I'm up here and I just keel over, you know? And then uh, Chad will drag me off and do whatever's appropriate. Um, there you go. But, but what Scripture is talking to us all the time about is the choices that we make. Because we don't know that there's a later. We don't know this is the tomorrow. We don't know that there's a next moment. And what we're talking about here in this text is pretty Stinking important. So I'm going to go ahead and start in verse, it says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory that he will reveal to us later. You know, so yeah, it's that extra Sunday, I'm going to get up and go to church. Maybe I don't want to go to agape night because I don't love anybody or, or whatever it is, right? Or I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to read my Bible. You know, I don't, I don't want to hang out. I don't want to be in a good mood, right? So it's saying that, and I'm not saying that going to church is a suffering, but what going to church in and being committed, it's, it's a commitment. It's something that you agree to do. Like if you want to, 
if I want to look like Pastor Manny, I better get my butt to the gym. Well, first I better get into a time machine and go back to the point where I could actually build those kind of muscles. But for me, that boat has sailed. And that's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay, you know, having the soccer dad bod and all that. Whatever. That's, that's cool. My wife, my wife loves me. That's all that matters. All right. She voted for her. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a little bit of secret though, because my 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 competitor was also smart. He was asking people, "What are Mike's flavor profiles?" And they said spicy. So Michelle said, "I think I voted for yours because it was spicy." I said, "Oh no, you did not." One, one. So it says the suffering is nothing compared to the glory. And I don't call this suffering. I don't call living a good life suffering. I don't call having good friends suffering. But sometimes we look at it like that because it's such a drastic change in our lifestyle that it's like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to do that, and I don't want to behave, and I don't want to stop getting high, and I don't want to stop smoking, and I don't want to quit drinking, and I don't want to quit sleeping around. I want to keep having fun. But giving up those things now is investing in, it's investing in your future. And so it, that is what it's all about, because it, it, it says, compared to the glory, he will reveal to us later. But the problem with us is we don't always want to wait till later, right? We want it when. I want it now. I don't want to wait till later. I want it. I didn't want to wait to get my retirement. I want it now. I want the cash now. I want a new couch or a new TV or I want to. I told Michelle, I'm gonna. You know, I want to go to Jamaica. You know, we we eventually did go to Jamaica, but it wasn't then because um, we I had already blown the money on things. So it says, on the day when God reveals to his children who they really are, against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. You know, I think we, we have all been around church long enough to know that as believers, we, we believe in something called the rapture. We believe that in an unknown date, unknown, unknown time, because it says in the Bible that it, it will come on like labor pains. It will come on like a what? A thief in the night. Now, any of us, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include myself, that so did a little bit of thieving back in the day, you know, you wait until the homeowner's gone, right? They're at work. You know, when Michelle kicked me out, and I was living in my car, I would wait down the street on the other side of the park until she went to work. Or she would drive, and then I would wait until I knew she was at work. Then I would break into her house. Now, I didn't steal nothing. I was just taking a shower, a little bit of food out of the refrigerator, and then I would leave. But I was acting like that character. I was waiting and like thieving and, and, and going in when I wasn't supposed to. But we all believe as believers that there, there is a day coming when, when Jesus will rapture his church. And it says that we will be caught up in the air with him. And we will be with him in that moment in the twinkling of an eye. 
because it says in Scripture, to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. The Scripture also goes on to say that if we, if we die pre-rapture, that we still will end up spending eternity with him. So instead of playing now and paying later, what I am trying to say is we need to start investing now into our future. You know, what we want and what I see all the time working at the bridge is what I see is a bunch of people who think you can walk into a casino and just walk out with a bag of money, right? Right? Michelle and I are going to uh, um, Tahoe for our anniversary, and I would love the thought of walking into Harris or the Flamingo or wherever and just walking and standing by a slot machine and just, just having the thing just go crazy. Ding, 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 you know, just spitting out money. You know, I think, you know, wouldn't that be great? I'm not advocating gambling, but what I am saying is if you want or if you expect or have an expectation that a slot machine is just going to give it up, well, you're sadly mistaken because they're actually designed that the, the odds are not in our favor. They're in the favor of the house or the casino. But if you want to win, you actually have to invest, right? You have to try to put some money. I mean, I, I went to a casino a few years ago when we were on a family vacation. I'm like, 20 bucks. I'm going to spend 20 bucks, gamble for about an hour, and we're going to leave. Well, uh, gambled about five minutes, you know? Right, And then recently, Michelle and I did a little trip with her mom, and her mom kept giving us money because we weren't spending our money. Hey, oh, here's 40 bucks. You know, we wanted to win, but we didn't want to put the money in, right? So if, it, if you want to change, you have to invest yourself into what you're doing if you expect a return. You know, yeah, God is there, God loves you, and all that stuff, and all the sayings, and the posters, and the coffee mugs, and the footprints in the sand, and all of that, that's just all beautiful, wonderful stuff. But really, if you want a relationship, you have got to put something into it, right? You have got to. You have got to actively participate by, by doing what's required, praying, Talking to, you know, you don't have to get in a closet and get on your knees and turn the lights out. You know, you can pray while you're driving. Just keep your eyes open, right? You can pray while you're working. You can pray while you're cooking. You can pray while you're doing anything. You can just simply talk to God. You know, you can crack open your Bible. You can read some scripture. You can fellowship. You could have a little Bible study. You can, you know, pray for other people. You know, you can get involved. You can invest yourself in God's kingdom. And I promise you, the odds in that situation are not stacked against you. The odds in that situation will bless you. It says in Scripture that, that the return that you can get is up to a hundredfold. When we're talking about the parable of the sower, you know, because our investment into God's kingdom gives us way back more than we'd ever dreamed, hoped, or imagined. Amen. You can't outgive God, and I'm not standing up here talking about tithing and offering. I'm just standing up here talking about giving God your heart and your time and saying, all right, I'm in. I don't totally get this whole 
Christian thing. I don't totally get how you help me or how you do things or how you work in my life. But you can look around and you start to see people that were hopeless, that were helpless, that were like lost causes, you know. I got a call from a, a, uh, a social worker the other day that actually wanted to bring a person into the program, and, and, and they said, because you had a similar person that the court said was a lost cause, probation said was a lost cause. This person is incapable of changing. This person will not change. Well, the person is doing so stinking good that they're like, well, maybe you can do it again. And so I don't believe the social worker is a Christian, but she said, well, the client's motto was let go and let God. So she said, apparently, something here is kind of working, you know? I wanted to say, well, do you think so, you know? But I really try not to be sarcastic to any of the officers of the court. Or, but, but when somebody outside looking in is saying, well, why did this work? You know, why, why, what is different about this? Well, yeah, God is in the equation, absolutely. God can change hearts. He can change minds. He can change lives. But when you really start to think about what God has created here, he's created a family, Right? I can, I can trash talk with Bumper for six months, right? And we could just, we can lay it on thick and heavy. But this afternoon, we were in the kitchen cooking together, trying each other's food, just having a good time, you know? And that is something that, that God has done, you know, because the people that God puts in your life, I mean, some of these connections, like, you can't make this stuff up. You know, some of the people that God has put in my life that I would have never, never hung around or been around or wanted anything to do with. But when you let God in and God softens and changes your heart, then you start having all these relationships. You start loving all of these people that you would have never given a second thought to. You know, it begins to consume who you are. And it's like, why do I have such a heart for these people? You know, what is it about? Well, it's not about you. It's about God, and it's about God changing your heart and showing you a different way of life. Because I promise you, the day you decide to make a different choice and the day you decide to go back out there, there's going to come a moment where you're going to be like, oh, this sucks. This sucks, right? I see people, I saw a super good friend in jail the other day. You know, super good. I never in a billion years would have accepted to see, expected to see this person in jail. And it was sad. It was frankly sad to see that person in jail. But, you guys, we have a choice. This is our choice. You know, you cannot tell me that you're going to be doing everything by the book, everything good. You're going to be praying. You're going to church. And, and God is just going to have you arrested. Or... Stick a needle in your arm, right? Because it doesn't happen by accident. It happens by a series of compromises and choices. We're like, I'll correct it later. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play today, and I'm going to fix it tomorrow. 
Well, the problem is that if you could play today and you get caught, there may be no tomorrow to correct that or to fix it. You may have made a choice that is going to have consequences that are last for years and years and years. You may even pay with your life. Is that God's plan for your life? Can you blame God for that? No, you can't blame God for that. God gave you free will. You could choose right or you could choose wrong or you can choose just to be indifferent. But he gave you that choice in hopes that you would make the correct choice, right? And it works most of the time, except for tonight when my wife chose somebody else. But that's okay. That's a whole different story. Yeah, there you go. I think you guys have an extra bed downstairs, right? Yeah, yeah. So, believe me, because I've slept on the, I've slept, I've had to be sleep elsewhere plenty of times. So, so it goes on to say, for we know that all creation has been groaning as the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time when we, we. Believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit with us as a foretaste of the future glory. So if you're filled with the Spirit, like, let's say, for instance, tonight when when the worship is sweet, right, and Bob is just firing on all cylinders, right, and it's just really good, and you're just really feeling it, that that is just a, a foreshadowing or a little bit of a taste of what glory is going to be like. Yeah, because there, there are days when you have those moments where, like, the music's going, or if you're in your car and you're listening to the song, or it's a Hallmark commercial, or it's a Lifetime movie, and, you know, it just kind of gets to you, and you just feel all that goodness inside, and it just comes, like, gushing out, right? That's that little taste of, of the good life. That's a little taste of what future is going to be like. You know, what we don't want to do is forsake that for the old life, for that bitter taste in your mouth. You know, if you take, and I'm going to use the analogy, if you take collard greens, right, when you start cooking collard greens, you keep tasting them because they are so stinking bitter. And you have to cook them and season them and taste them and taste them until the bitterness goes away. So you have to just keep tending to them and seasoning them and stirring them and watching the temperature right? That's what we have to do with ourselves. We have to make sure that we are properly seasoned, that, we are, that we're not overdone, that we're not underdone. We don't, want, we don't want to be bitter people. You know, God doesn't want us to be bitter people. You know, so something that wants to be done or needs to be done, right, we, we need to take care, we need to monitor it, we need to watch it, we need to put love into it. You know, we need to we need to figure out, what, where am I going, and how am I going to get there, and what do I need to do to do it? And what am I going to say to you, my number one thing to you is, and I, this has been going through my mind this whole week, is you need to invest in yourself, right? Pretend there is no tomorrow, right? Do you want to pay the debt off in 10 months, or do you want to be in debt for 30 years? You know what I'm saying? It's about... Clearing our debt to society. Some of us have legal issues. It's about clearing our conscience to those that maybe we've wronged. It's about letting go and letting God. And it's just about letting the glory of God come into our lives, change us, 
and become a person that we never even, like, where did that guy come from? Where in the heck did he come from? You know? Because that was somebody I've never known. You know, so it's not something that you did. I know we all want credit. We all want credit for everything that we've done, right? No, I did that. No, you didn't do that. You're the one who put yourself in jail. You're the one who got yourself in trouble. You're the one who got yourself arrested. But when you start, everything starts happening good, that's when we give the glory to God and the credit to God. Because why did the judge not throw me in prison? Why is my, why did I get such a, why did I get a Christian probation officer or parole officer or why is this counselor and why is this court person so nice to me? Why, does it, why is it that people really want me to do well? When I go to the jail and I sit with the staff of the jail, and I know a lot of you have been in jail, and you're, oh, the jail sucks and this and that, you know. I mean, I get it. I was there. I said those same things. But when I go to staff meetings at the jail and I listen to the people at the jail pouring out their hearts about how they care about the people, and they remember they remember people from so long ago. They ask me, whatever happened to so-and-so or so-and-so or how are they doing? Because they care. They so care. There are so many people that God puts into your life that care. Whether or not you see it, there are people that care. There are people that are behind the scenes trying to lay things out for you so that you have an opportunity, you have a chance to do something different. You have an opportunity to taste that goodness um, Verse 28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purposes. So, you know, I hear people say, people used to say to me all the time, well, God has a calling on your life. And that, was, that used to just tick me off. I mean, super bad. That was something you said as a Christian. You know, if someone's a jerk or someone's really stupid, or somebody's really doing bad, you, you just, oh, you look at the, like, the Christian 101 handbook, oh, just go tell them God has a calling on their life. I, God used to make me mad. It's like, well, then why doesn't he call, then why doesn't he call me? Why doesn't he tell me he's trying to get a hold of me? But then when you step back and you look, you're like, duh. It was this time, it was this, oh, I remember that time, remember that time? You know, one of the funny ones that I have is when I went to, you know, because we prayed to God to protect us, I went to the camp in Santa Cruz, and I've told the story before, to detox, right? So I'm up there detoxing at the camp, paying, I don't know, 40 grand, something like that. I wasn't personally paying, but my insurance company was paying 40 grand for me to be up there. And I did what all typical addicts do, we all got together and... We all went down to the little thing, got some ice cream sandwiches, and we came back up, and we all pulled our money. And I got voted to go to the flats and to buy the dope. So everybody gave me all their money. You know, it was pretty bad because it was a lot of change, you know. I mean, you know, and you know the connection hates change, you know. He, he, likes, he likes paper money, you know, you know. My money don't jingle, jingle, it folds. You know what I mean? That's what it's about. They don't want the stuff. But I got chosen to go, so I go out to my truck, and I have flat tires, right? So what am I trying to do? I'm trying to fix my flat tire. Well, I'm praying to God, please stop me from doing these stupid things. You go outside, and you have a flat tire. Is I, I, looking back, that's an answered prayer, right? 
But at the moment, it's like, dang, let's change this tire and get into Santa Cruz and get some dope so we can get high while we're in a detox. You know, does that make sense? Does that even make sense? You know, but that's where we're at. That's where we're coming from. This is the stuff that God rescues us from. It's like, yeah, I flattened that tire. And trying to fix that tire, I flattened a second tire. So before, when I got out of detox, I had to have AAA come and change two tires. You know, it was crazy. But those are called according to his purposes, and, and that's what it's about. Um, verse 30, and having chosen them, he called them to come to him, and having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself, and having given them the right standing, he gave them his glory. You know, so God blesses us all the time. He restores lives. He rest I mean, I sit here and look at a family right here in the front row, mama praying for, for, you know. I think it's so funny that Vanessa met your sister at Ross. I could just picture this. They're standing at the counter of Ross talking about you being in jail or talking about you being strung out. And old Vanessa does the prayer that we just love. Well, hey, let's pray he gets arrested. So they're there at Ross, dressed for less at the counter, praying. I don't know if they're praying out loud, and people are like, what the heck's up with these people? This is weird. You know, but they're praying for Chad to get arrested. Boom, 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 boom. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So Chad gets arrested. I don't got no beds. Right? Mama calls me. Right before Mama calls me, someone leaves. I'm like, I don't have a bed, but I just got one like 10 minutes ago. I mean, which is really weird, you know? So, so really, it wasn't weird, you know? Vanessa prayed. Your sister prayed. Mama's praying. Family's praying. You go to jail. Somebody leaves. Boom, you're in. You get saved two weeks ago. You see what I'm saying? So no more play now, pay later. So now it's investing. It's all investing. I'm going to invest in my friends. I'm going to invest in the people that I hang out with. I'm going to surround myself with people that love me, people that want to see me do right and do well. And I'm going to cut loose all those fools that just want to mess around. Because they're not going to live your life for you. And they're certainly not going to send you an eye care package when you go to jail. You know? They're not. Oh, it's all right, bro. We'll send you. We'll write you. We'll come and see you. We'll, 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 we'll put money on your books. I've asked a million people, and everybody's like, nope, nope, nope. Because if, if your parents call me, I'm telling them, don't be putting money on their books. They don't need no, well, they just called and said they don't have soap, and they don't have shampoo, and there's no food, and they're starving. I'm like, really? They're starving. They're going to they're gonna put you in jail, and they're going to starve you. I think that's illegal, <laughs> you know? I mean, really, right? I mean, we could ask Bob. I think that's illegal, right? You know? And I've been to the jail enough time. I was actually walking through the jail the other day with Bob, and they just got a shipment in. I'm like... There was so much toilet paper and deodorant. I'm like, man, I'm gonna, can I back my car in over here? 
Man, they are taking good care of those inmates with toilet paper, I'll tell you that right now. So. But think about your future. Think about where you're at. And think about, am I willing to invest in now? Because my investment now will pay dividends later, right? Don't let it be like that 33-year deal that's just going to suck you dry for 30 years. No, I could take care of my responsibility here and now, or I could suffer for the next 30 years. I could get some good relationships now. I can get plugged in now. I can change my life now, or I could waste 20 more years. Every 70 years, every Every 70, 60, 70, or 80, yes, 80-year-old 80 guy that I talked to in the jail, well, you know I was going to, well, I meant to, well, you know, back in the 70s, I almost did, and, you know, back in 86, I kind of thought about it again, and, well, now, gosh, it's just not much time left, you know? I promise you that will be you if you don't change the way you think right now. If you don't invest in yourself today, that will be you. I guarantee it. I mean, I, I do. The stories are all the same, you know? I mean, I'm sure Austin sees it all the time in the ER. Well, I was going to, or maybe I will, you know? And it's pretty sad when you see that person that says, maybe next time, maybe next time, and maybe next time, and the next time you see them, they're en route to the coroner's office. Or, or who was that under the sheet? Oh, that's so-and-so. Remember him? He was here yesterday. He, yeah. It happens every day. It's sad. It, it stinks. It sucks. So let's celebrate the victories. Let's celebrate what God's doing in our life. Let's take the opportunity to invest in our future. And let's, let's invest in tomorrow, but let's do it today. Amen. So I'm going to invite Bob to come back up. So Lord, we thank you just for meeting us here tonight, just the fun and the camaraderie of just a something as silly as a food challenge, Lord, just for bringing us together, for loving us, for allowing us to love one another, Lord, allowing us to pray for one another and just be a part of each other's life. So, Lord, I just pray that each and every person here tonight just seriously evaluates their life, really earnestly invests in their future with you, Lord. So we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.